This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. Neu Records is a very exciting new label based in Barcelona. In this episode, composer Bryn Harrison presents his 2021 release Time Becoming, which features a piece for Ensemble Contrechamp led by Vimbai Katsiboni and the work Repetitions in Extended Time for the Plus Minus Ensemble led by Mark Noop. And it's this piece you'll hear a longer excerpt from at the end of the episode. We strongly recommend you to check out the neurecords.com website for their complete catalog. My name is Bryn Harrison. Uh, I'm a composer. I've written a piece, Repetitions in Extended Time, which was composed in 2008, um, that we're going to discuss today. My kind of music has developed, I would say, relatively slowly from this very kind of singular approach to to composition, um, looking at aspects of, of, of repetition and perception and memory. And... Yeah, when I got this commission in, I think, late 2007, um, it was premiered in 2008 at the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival, um, Matt Shlomovitz asked me for a piece that was of much longer duration than anything I'd written previously. So I think up to that point, my longest works were about 25 minutes. I'd written a piece for the London Sinfonietta called Four Cycles, which I think was about 25 minutes. Um, so this piece radically sort of changed the framework in which I was working, really. Um, and this idea of working with an extended duration um, really appealed at the time. Um, I was becoming much more interested in ideas about memory and how memory operates in music. And especially when we deal with memory in music that only deals with very, very small changes. Um, it seemed to me like a really fascinating area to be able to sort of have this very singular piece um, cast in five sections, but where each section would relate very directly to the previous one um, and sort of guide the listener or take the listener through this exp experience where change happens on a very, very gradual basis. So I think the, the completed piece is about 45 minutes, if I remember correctly, um, which was almost twice the length of anything uh, that I'd written up to that point. So it gave me the opportunity to really focus in and extend and deal with time in a much more radical way um, than what I was used to. I'd sort of heard a lot of extended 
compositions in, especially the late works of Morton Feldman, which I was very interested in. Um, but that wasn't really something that I'd have sort of approached in in my own music. Um, so this idea of sort of very, you know, really focusing, really concentrating on small elements of music that I could develop very slowly through the piece was um, was something that I was particularly interested in. And one one of the things I was interested in particular was this idea of resisting change. So, I mean, in a lot of music that's long, there's still some kind of transformatory process at play. And one thing I've really been interested in ever since writing Repetitions in Extended Time is this idea of looking into material rather than away from material. So I often find, you know, when I'm teaching composition, that there's this almost this kind of anxiety at play in young composers where they'll sort of, you know, come up with a musical idea and then immediately think that they have to move away from that idea or out of that idea. And I'm really interested in turning that idea on its head. So sort of thinking into the material, really mining it for all its possibilities um, there's, there's a great oblique strategy by, by Brian Eno, which is resist change. And I, I've always kind of taken that on board, you know, the idea of, of kind of trying to mine an idea for all its potentials. So if anything, the, the, rather than sort of developing material, it's kind of looking inside the material. Um, and so the, the piece kind of gets bigger and bigger as it goes on. Um, I think the first move, movement, the first section is ten, 10 pages of material, and then the second one's eight, and then six, and then four, until we get to the final section, uh, section E, which is just two pages, uh, and each of those pages is repeated 96 times. Um, but that, that material is very much related to the material at the start of the piece. Um, so it's almost a kind of magnification, if you like, of some of the ideas that I was exploring earlier on in the work. The repetitions occur in different places on each line. So um, I'm just looking at page one of the score now, where we've got a just a single system on the page of four bars. Um, but the, the way that the, the bars repeat is, is different um, for different instrumental groupings. So, uh, for instance, the bass clarinet... Um, has has this four bar sequence but the middle two bars so bars two and three are repeated uh, are played seven times in total but bars one and four are just played singularly so that adds up to 16 bars but then for instance in the violin part the first two bars are, re are played three times and the second two bars are played five times so again it adds up to 16 but the the, the repetitions occur in different places. So perceptually you get this constant sort of shifting of material um, through through the page. When I got this commission uh, from the 2008 Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival uh, for Plus Minus, that was a kind of opportunity to write um, a much longer work. It's, it's always a privilege just to be able to work with musicians that are friends that you know really well and, you know, musicians that you can really put your trust in as well, I think that's really important, especially with a, a piece of this kind of scale that requires, you know, a lot of commitment, um, a lot of expertise, 
Um, the ability to focus uh, for long periods of time, um, a certain amount of stamina as well as, as musicians. So this was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a tour de force at the time. This this particular uh, composition, but I think yeah, I mean collaborating with people you know on a piece like this, I think is very important. Um, and it was it was exciting and challenging. And when we made the recording. Um, in Spain uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I mean, again, that was a huge challenge and Santi, the producer, wanted to get everything absolutely right. Um, so we did multiple takes. Um, it's a difficult piece to record because it's not a piece that you can sort of splice up easily. You know, you can, you've got to sort of take, take recordings in, in terms of pages rather than in terms of bars you can't really sort of drop in at any sort of at particular points um it's a it's a tricky piece to record uh but we did it over two or three days and uh yeah with you know the the, the results were quite astonishing i was i was really delighted with uh with how the recording came out i've been a, a big fan of aldo clemente's music for a long time and that, that I've, I've always found that the way that his kind of mechanisms slow down um, is really, really um, fascinating. There's actually a, an article that was published, I think, in 2012 in Contemporary Music Review by Evan Johnson, where he talks about Clemente's music and this idea that energy doesn't really dissipate through the work. You know, it's not that they're sort of leading to their own kind of end or their own sort of their own death if you like as a piece it's kind of almost the opposite that by the time we get to the end of a clementi piece there's kind of this sense of sort of vitality um within and a kind of renewed energy within within the within the material and that's something that i'm really interested in and, and that's something that i was trying to do um in this piece as well i i sort of resist making music i think that's too passive i mean i i like I like grainy textures. I like things that have um, a slight level of uncertainty to them, I guess. And I, I sometimes find, I sometimes find ambient music is a little bit too passive, perhaps. You know, it's, I don't think um, I'm writing music that you can just kind of relax to, if you like. Um, I think I'm more interested in, I think, engaging the listener a little bit more, actually. Um, and that's not a criticism of ambient music, of course, because I think that's trying to to to, to create an environment rather than a, a sort of a, a more heightened level of engagement with with the listener. Um, I mean, it's something I'm interested in. Um, um, but yeah, this sense of kind of betweenness, I suppose, is something which which I'm interested in exploring in general. I mean, you know, the, the sort of contradiction between music that is that is fast and slow, for instance, you know. I mean, is this music operating quickly? Is it operating slowly? I mean, that's something um, that, that, interests, that interests me a lot. Is it repetitive? Is it not repetitive, for instance? Um, I mean, all of those sort of things are, are kind of things that I'm interested in anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, it may be that some people choose to listen to it um, as a kind of ambient take on on. on on the music, but uh, I think for me, I'm, I'm sort of, I think a little bit more interested in a, a kind of slightly more heightened level of engagement. Um, but I should say also that I'm interested in working with harmonic material that I can hear, you know, I, 
very often I'm not really a pianist, but I'll sit down and I'll work through pitch patterns and things on, on, on the piano. So for me, it's really, it's, it's important that that sort of surface level to the music is something which um, I enjoy listening to aesthetically. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not so abstracted perhaps as some, uh, some modernist music might be.